Girlfriends, episode number 207, Why Catholic Fiction Matters. Hello, and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we are talking about why Catholic fiction matters. Do you read fiction? My guest is Catholic fiction writer Jacqueline Brown, and you are going to want to hear our conversation. Let's get going. Hey, girlfriends. Thanks for being here. Thank you for showing up for another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. You know I love to connect with you here. If this is your first time listening to the Girlfriends Podcast, I want to say hello and a welcome. I hope you're going to enjoy your time here with us. I hope Girlfriends will go on to become a meaningful part of your life. I hope that you will enjoy the connections we're able to make here. If you're a longtime listener or sometime listener, I want to say welcome back. I really appreciate you guys Honestly, you're the reason I'm doing this show. You're the reason I'm showing up. You're the reason that Girlfriends exist. So thank you for being a part of it in that way. I always love it on the show when I get to talk with other writers, and I especially love it when I get to talk with fiction writers. We had Katie Curtis on in the past, who's a friend of mine, also local writer here in New Hampshire. Um, Not too long ago, we had Katie on, who's a fiction writer. We also had Amy Schisler a while back who talked with us about her process for writing clean Catholic romance novels, which was a ton of fun. I love talking to writers, well, because I'm a writer, so I like connecting with other writers, but especially talking with writers of fiction because I have not done that kind of writing and I'm very interested in the process and I'm interested in um, what motivates people to write fiction and share fiction and what people enjoy about fiction. So I'm thrilled to be sharing this conversation with author Jacqueline Brown with you here today. But before we get started, I want to let you know about a last chance special offer that I can give you here on Girlfriends for pre-orders of my newest book, which is about to come out with Ave Maria Press. So the official pub date is February 7th, but the book is going to be shipping fairly soon. And they're offering a special discount on pre-orders only. So this special discount is available 20% off between now and January 31st. So by the time this podcast publishes, you're going to be just a few days away from that deadline. So if you want to take advantage of this pre-order, now is the time to do it. So my newest book is coming out from Ave Maria Press, and it is called Giving Thanks and Letting Go, Reflections on the Gift of Motherhood. And it's very much a series of reflective essays on this age and stage of life that I find myself in right now. Early on in my motherhood, I wrote my very first book, My Cup of Tea, Musings of a Catholic Mom. And that one was a series of short essays. Really, a lot of them were taken from my then regular column that was being published in the National Catholic Register. Um, But it was just reflections on family life at the age and stage I was at then with uh, six little kids. I hadn't even had my last two children when that book was first published. But when I recently was going through that book, I thought, wow, I've changed a lot. My family's changed a lot. My perspective has changed and grown in the last 15 years. I should write another book along these same themes, talking about these same topics, but from my current perspective as a mom of grown kids, growing kids, different stage of family life that I'm in right now. So that's exactly what I did. So in Giving Thanks and Letting Go, Reflections on the Gift of Motherhood, um, coming out from Ave Maria Press, it's really a series of reflective essays that I hope will be encouraging to other moms who are at the stage of life that I'm in right now, where some of your kids are growing up, some of them are going on to live lives of their own, going to college, getting married, otherwise beginning full-time work and that kind of thing. Um, But I'm also hoping it's going to be encouraging to moms who are 
looking ahead to that and are worried about it because I know I looked ahead to that years ago and thought, how will I ever manage that? And I'm hoping that this book can be a dose of hope for mothers at all ages and stages of life. So the discount, if you use the word bean, just my last name, B-E-A-N at checkout at AveMariaPress.com, you can get 20% off of your pre-order of the book. That's pretty significant and awesome. And it would really be a help to me because they're really hoping to boost the pre-orders of this title. So if you go to AveMariaPress.com, use the code bean at checkout and you will get 20% off of your pre-order of my newest book. Thank you so much for considering doing that. And if you happen to be listening in the car or you're running on the treadmill or you're walking the dog, you're otherwise engaged in your life and you aren't able to stop and start clicking on links, I get you. I understand you. And Girlfriends has an option for you. So to get the show notes always sent to your inbox for every episode of the Girlfriends podcast, you can text the word girlfriends to 33777. That will get you subscribed to get on a list where every week you will get the newest episode of Girlfriends sent to your inbox so you won't ever miss a show. There's another bonus for you. And also all the links that we talk about here. So I'm always saying, hey, you can click the links and I'm going to be talking with Jacqueline Brown and she's going to have some special offers for you as well. So if you want all of those links, those resources, those special offers, the best way to make sure you're always going to have access to it is to text the word girlfriends to 33777. Now, if you're outside of the US, that little trick won't work for you. You can always email me danielle at daniellebean.com and I will make sure your name gets added to the email subscribe list. All right, that's enough housekeeping. Now, I can't wait to share with you this recent conversation that I had with author Jacqueline Brown. I know you're going to love everything that she has to say. Take a listen. Joining me here today on Girlfriends is Dr. Jacqueline Brown. Dr. Jacqueline Brown is a clinical psychologist turned Christian fiction writer. As a psychologist, she specialized in working with women and girls who experienced trauma and often entanglement with the criminal and juvenile justice systems. In 2017, after many long conversations with God, Jacqueline decided to walk away from that career and focus on her writing. She's the author of the acclaimed fiction series, the Light series that will be releasing a children's picture book this spring, Extraordinary. We'll show you how extraordinary every child of God is and the beauty and power of baptism, confession, and the true presence of the Eucharist. Jacqueline is a cradle Catholic who lives with her husband and their children in Florida. Welcome, Jacqueline. I'm thrilled you're here on Girlfriends today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So this is a great, you've got a great backstory. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. Like Dr. Jacqueline Brown, clinical psychologist. Like that seems like good. You're good. Right. So well, um, maybe to get yeah, us started, just tell funny. us a little more about that, how that happened. Yeah. So I am a clinical psychologist. I specialized um, in children and adolescents. And as that work started, I realized, unfortunately, there's a lot of abuse. So a lot of people experience a lot of abuse. And I sort of accidentally ended up specializing in that. And that led me to working with girls and young women that had been or were at high risk of entering the criminal or juvenile justice system. Mm -hmm. So I did that for about 10 years. And it was during that time that I started writing. So I never wanted to be a writer. You know, I think that's another sort of strange thing about my background is 
I wasn't that little girl that wanted to be a writer. Mm -hmm. And so I just, these characters started popping in my head when I was in my thirties. And, and so I decided, okay, God, is this really what you want me to do? Um, you know, my career as a psychologist was going really well and I really enjoyed it. I really loved the women and the girls I was working with. Um, I was doing really great work, I think. And yet the Lord seemed to be calling me in a very different direction. And so I spent a lot of time in prayer, um, because I had written a book that I have not published and do not plan to publish. Um, and it wasn't very good. So I wrote this book and my husband read it, but my best friends would not read it. Um, just cause they were busy and they're like, I don't want to read this book. Um, and so, you know, I put writing aside and I became a mom and I got really, really busy and, um, my career was sort of taking off and, mm -hmm these new characters, uh, Bria and Jonah from the light series popped in my head. Wow. And so it was really through a lot of prayer and kind of maybe some angry conversations with God. Cause I was like, you know, <laughs> this was disruptive. Yeah, it, it truly was, you know, and I say it kind of like tongue in cheek because, um, but it's, but it's very true. So like Bria and Jonah just would not leave my head. And so, I honestly got to the point where I was like, I either need to go to therapy or I need to write this book. I mean, it was kind of extraordinary how wow. present they were. Mm -hmm. And so it was during Lent of 2015 that I finally, you know, I just kept asking God and he, the answer was always right, you know, just right. And so I started, um, and then the light, which is the first book in the light series right. got, completed by around Thanksgiving of 2015. Wow. And then I published it the following year. So it, it was a strange, um, I still think it's strange. You know, it's been a couple of years and I'm still <laughs> like, I don't know how I made that transition. It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> but you're comfortable with it now. Yes, I am. But I, you know, but I think that's a, that's an important part because I wasn't comfortable with it for a long time. Like I'm very comfortable with it now. I'm so happy now. And I right. am like, God, I totally see what you were doing. This all made complete and total sense. Um, but when I was in the midst of it, I was like, this does not make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> you are crazy. Like, what are you doing? Um, but now it's beautiful and wonderful. So wow. he does have a plan. He does. He does. And you writing this book series obviously is his plan. So I've just begun. I wanted to get an entire book read before we talked, but life's been a little too crazy, but you, I have them on audio. So I've been listening and I, I'm going to, especially after our conversation today, I've got a long drive tomorrow. So I'm going to listen to the audio versions, but I love, I mean, you obviously have a talent for, for these creating these characters and a story that just pulls you in. So I don't read a lot of fiction. I don't actually mm -hmm. have the patience for a lot of fiction at this mm -hmm. stage in my life. Mm -hmm. And yet I am a fan in the first, <laughs> in the first like 30 minutes that I listen to. So um, I definitely do want to recommend your books as even someone who doesn't spend a lot of time reading fiction. I did read mm -hmm. tons of fiction growing up, mm -hmm. um, but it's something I feel like I need to make more of a place for in my life. Good mm -hmm quality fiction. Maybe you could talk mm -hmm. a little bit about that. Like what absolutely like what role does fiction play in, you know, in our adult lives? What role should it play? Yeah, no, I think that is even for myself, um, such an important question because we get to this spot, 
where we're like, well, if I have free time, I really should read the Bible or I really should read about the saints right? or I really should read a Bible study, you know, and all of those things. That is true. Like that, those are wonderful ways to spend our time and grow in faith. Like Mm -hmm. that is key, but there's, you know, there, there are aspects of fiction that you're not going to get typically in nonfiction. And so, you know, you often speak about creativity on your podcast Mm -hmm. and how important that is. And that is absolutely true. So we, um, especially I think as women, I mean, I guess men too, (laughs) (laughs) you know, creativity is part of who we are. It's a key part of who we are. And it doesn't have to be creativity in the sense of, you know, writing fiction, but just Mm -hmm. being exposed to creative works. Like you don't even have to create them yourselves, but just be exposed to them feeds a part of our soul and a part of our mind that we just can't get anywhere else. So, Mm -hmm. and, and a funny like side story, I, I promise you, like if my husband, if you asked him right now, like, is your wife creative? He would be like, Eh, not really. No, (laughs) (laughs) I don't fit the mold in any way, shape or form of somebody that should be writing fiction, you know, like Uh it's just not who I am. And so I want to encourage your listeners that if they're thinking, you know, I'm just not a creative person. I really would love it if they would maybe try in some different realm to be creative. Um, you like that could be knitting, you know, like I really want to learn how to knit. I think that's creative, you know, I mean, there's so many wonderful ways that we can be creative. So one of the important parts of fiction writing is that it encourages creativity, uh, Christian, Christian, I'm sorry, fiction reading Mm -hmm. is that it encourages creativity. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And I think just being exposed to that, whether it's through, Mm -hmm. you know, listening to a book or reading a book, Mm -hmm. um, just that creative energy. I think you're Mm -hmm. right. We are, we are wired for that. We are built for that. Mm -hmm. It's a way that we recognize we can give glory to God through yes. the, the beauty that we experience, the truth that we experience through a book that's completely fiction. And I mean, and that's part of why I know that I always had a heart for fiction when I was younger. It was all mm-hmm. I read, you know, and yeah. yeah. And I think that it's important to stay in touch with that side of ourselves. Mm-hmm. It is. It is because I think it makes us more well-rounded and it makes us better humans, wives, mothers, people, you know, it just makes us a fuller person mm-hmm. um, when we're in touch with all aspects of right. our, of ourselves. Um, and another key part about the importance of fiction, cause we do, you know, we want to, we kind of grow up, we start reading nonfiction. We don't feel like we have the time for fiction, but I just want to remind us all that, you know, Jesus used fiction, like his parables, it's all fiction. Right. You know? So <laughs> like, that's a good point. Yeah. If it was good enough for him, you know, it's certainly good (laughs) enough for me. (laughs) Uh, And those stories stick with us, right? Mm -hmm. Like we, I mean, I certainly can remember them. I can remember the stories in the Bible where it was either a parable or it was him, you know, interacting with another person that I can sort of step into and understand better than when it's just sort of a theology lesson. You know, that's right. a little bit more difficult for me 
to grasp. Yeah, we engage with stories. So for sure, I think that's a really valuable thing. Well, let's talk about some of the themes inside of this series of books. Um, Can you describe them? Because, you know, the the description, I think I might have gotten this from your website. Okay, so I'll read this. The light (laughs) series takes the reader into a world where phones, electricity, and lights disappear in the depths of a winter night. A world of darkness where love grows and faith is born. Never before has the beauty of truth been brought to life in a story where every page leaves you wanting more. Written for those of no faith and devout Catholics alike, this series will keep you on the edge of your seat and leave you asking, who would I become if the world fell away? So this is very intriguing. And mm-hmm. um, so it's kind of a, a I'll let you explain. Um, how, yeah. how did you come to this theme? These characters appeared to you. Did the idea for this plot come to you as well? Yeah, so first of all, I think it's a hard book to describe. <laughs> <laughs> I think this does a good job. It's it's very intriguing anyway. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so the characters pop in my mind and I am, I, I like the term a discovery writer. You know, some people will call it like writing by the seat of your pants, but basically I don't <laughs> outline. Okay. Um, so I don't outline and I just sort of let the characters lead. And so Bria and Jonah were there on the side of the road, just standing there for months, like literally in my head every day for months, these people were just standing there and they didn't do anything else until I finally started writing about them. And when I started writing about them, then I'd be like, oh, and now they're moving and oh, and now they're you know, <laughs> interacting with people. It was, it's very strange. Like I totally acknowledge, very strange. Um, <laughs> But so the plot sort of comes to me from them. It's uh, very, I I keep saying strange. I need to think of a better word, but the, the basis sort of the premise for the book is that, and you find this out in book two. So a little bit of a spoiler alert, but there's been an EMP, which is an electromagnetic pulse Mm -hmm. and it has hit the United States. Um, And this is something that if anybody reads sci-fi or, even just maybe pays attention to some global politics and some, you know, scary thoughts. Um, An EMP is something that is, you know, possible. And what it would do, it wouldn't hurt us physically, but it would knock out all of our electronics. And so we are such an electronic-based civilization at this point that that would mean no food because of our, like, distribution system. Sure. Uh, food. You know, most of us don't grow our own food. We don't maybe know how to hunt. So it would be no food, no phones, uh, no heat, no electricity, obviously. Um, and it would just – our cars, most of our cars wouldn't work because most of them are just so electronic. And so it, the books start on Thanksgiving Eve, the, the night before Thanksgiving, with Bria, who's my main character, my narrator. Mm-hmm. And what I love is that she is a 21-year-old atheist. And so because she's an atheist, I'm able to really start this journey of her faith journey from step one. Yeah. And it, that allows me to um, speak about the beauty of the faith and not go into it assuming that you know anything about it, which is why I think it's a great book for kind of anybody along their faith journey, because it's not presupposing that you already understand aspects of Catholicism, right? You know, it's, it's really saying this is an atheist. Like she doesn't even understand Christianity. Like she understands nothing about any of it. And she and her best friends are, 
you know, on their way to Florida and they, the car dies, this light flashes, the car dies and then enters, um, Jonah, who I have been told by many readers, female readers, that he is the perfect man. (laughs) You're telling me I'm going to fall in love with Jonah as I'm listening to this. (laughs) Yeah. He's pretty dreamy. I mean, he really is. (laughs) He's pretty great. Um, and he is, he is dreamy and great because he is good and he is mm-hmm. true and he is he embodies our faith. So he has been raised in a very devout Catholic family that has had a lot of hardships. And so we see that throughout the series. We see the different hardships that this that this family has experienced. But through it all, they have um, maintained their faith. And so then the question really is, so okay, this EMP hits the United States as we know it, kind of ceases to exist. Mm -hmm. And so the rules are kind of out the window, um, which allows me to really to delve into this idea of, well, like, who would we become if the world fell away? Mm -hmm. You know, like, who would we be if society stopped telling us who we were? You know, so like, interesting. Yeah, the rules are gone. The laws are gone. You really have to create it for yourself, if you will. And so this family, I'm very proud, really sticks to our faith. They embody it from kind of the beginning to the end. And it doesn't mean it's easy. I mean, there's lots of lots of ups and downs and twists and turns. And, you know, the other really fun thing about this book, these books is they're really fast paced. So, mm-hmm. you know, people will read them in one sitting, you know, and I get emails like, I just binged on all five of your books. I'm so glad I didn't have to wait for one to come out, you know, (laughs) which is awesome. Right. Because it's a whole series. That is, that is great. So it's a series. How many books are in this, this series, the light series? So there's five books in the series. The Mm -hmm. fifth one came out um, November 12th and that completed the series. So this series is now done and I'm working on some other projects and it's, that series was just an absolute joy to write. I mean, it was so much, I had so much fun writing it. And I feel like maybe that comes through when people are reading it because mm-hmm. it's just so fun. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I just loved it. Yeah. That's so great. So how did you decide to call this Catholic fiction, right? To put that label mm-hmm. on it. Um, mm-hmm. what, what's the purpose in calling it specifically Catholic? Like why not just publish, Oh, these are books. And you know, mm-hmm. I happen to mention the faith in them, that kind of thing. Yeah, no, I think that's such a good question. And you could like, Google what is Catholic fiction and get like 50 different answers, you know, right, um, sure. So it's not an easy answer. So I will say when I'm just, you know, like if you're on Amazon, there's actually no Catholic fiction category. So you're not going to find them per se under Catholic fiction. They're under Christian fiction. But I think there's some differences between maybe Catholic fiction and secular fiction and Catholic fiction and just regular um, Christian fiction, non-Catholic Christian fiction. And so for me, it was really important. I didn't set out to write Catholic fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, I really didn't set out to write anything. I didn't know what I was doing. So <laughs> you were just going where God was pulling you uncomfortably. Going with the flow. Yeah. Um, but as I sort of, so what I wanted to write was just fiction that actually spoke to me. And what I had found kind of frustrating and just the, you know, typical, typical fiction, secular fiction, whatever you want to call it was this lack of discussion of faith. And to me, that just didn't ring true. You know, I just, as a psychologist, you know, I have the privilege of really getting to know a lot of people really in depth and 
faith was always part of the conversation, you know, not every single session, but it was part of their life, be it no faith or faith. You know, it it wasn't something that just didn't enter their minds, you know? Mm -hmm. And so to have so many books written where faith is just not even a topic of conversation just doesn't seem true to the human experience. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to, if I was going to write a book, it needed to be something that I wanted to read. And faith has always been a key part of sort of my life journey. And so I wanted it to be a key part of my narrator's life journey. And I wanted her to start from the beginning of that journey. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that, so I didn't, I didn't set out to write Catholic fiction, but, you know, I know Catholic people. And I also, I was frustrated at the time because typically if Catholics are in a book, it's just so like, they're so negatively represented. Sure. It's so trite. Right. Like super corny and feels fake in that way. Right. It's just irritating. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't care for that. And so I wanted to write it to where it's like, these are real people with real issues and real struggles and a deep faith. You know, I wanted to represent the beauty of all the beautiful Catholics that I see around me right. um, who are struggling in life, but who have a deep understanding of God, you know? And, and I just, I, so that was really important to me to represent that. Right. Um, and I will say like a, a key difference typically between Christian fiction and then um, what I'm calling Catholic fiction is Often in Christian fiction, you know, the person, they can kind of start out anywhere on the faith journey, but sort of by the end of book one, you know, they really should be um, kind of quote unquote saved, you know, right, they, right. <laughs> and I'm like, man, that is just not true to life at all. No. <laughs> that, that, And so I feel like, um, you know, Catholic fiction in general is going to represent that journey in a different way because it's, I think we might recognize it as a longer journey, like it's a day in, day out um faith journey. It's not a one-time, you know, it's not a one-time, it's not, it's not one moment in time. Mm -hmm. It's every single day. And so Bria goes up and down and her understanding of the faith, her desire for the faith. And it's really not until the very, very end of the series that, um, you know, spoiler alert, I'm sure this one (laughs) could see this coming, but that she finally embraces, um, her faith. And, and it's, she actually was, uh, baptized Catholic. And then, you know, tragedy happens and her dad becomes this really staunch atheist. And so she was raised an atheist. I see. Uh, Yes. But so she returns to the faith of her childhood, basically. Okay. Oh, that's so great. I mean, and it feels like a much more natural, normal, (laughs) real life experience. So how much of your background in clinical psychology um, comes into play when you're creating these characters, thinking about their interactions and coming up with the plot line? Yeah, a lot. Um, I think more than I would ever imagine. And I think when I look back and I think, cause sometimes I'm like, you know, God, I, I, I do have a PhD in this whole other field. Like, <laughs> did you want to use me over here? Like, You're using it in this, in a, un- yes, in yes. And so, ways. yeah, but so it took me a while to like step back and be like, when I started getting the reviews that were like, wow, these, you know, these characters are so well done and so well developed. And I was like, Oh, okay. I get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good. And so I think it's a huge part. And so when you look at different experiences that, so Bria and Sarah, um, and Blaze, so those are like three best friends and they start in the beginning. So 
their life experiences before the light, before this light in the sky, before the book starts, um, is, is very much part of my clinical experience. And so then how they've responded to, to their, um, life situations and how they continue to respond. And, and, um, we see other characters that come in. So Jonah, his younger sister East, she has had a lot, you know, she's had a really tragic life experience. And so her response to that, um, I think is very much, you know, I'm pulling from a lot of, of my clinical experience, mm-hmm. I think in all of these characters and how would they respond in these moments? And that's making it real. Yeah. So, you I know, think so. I, yeah. And I, from the little bit that I've taken in so far, I can tell you it feels mm-hmm. real to me. And um, mm-hmm. that's part of what I find attractive about it because I am not a science fiction person, but no. yeah. I am all about good characters and mm-hmm. human relationships. And mm-hmm. that's yes. what draws me in. So I, I love that you, you use your background in that way. Well, now what about this plot line where, you know, it's becoming like this dystopian kind of universe, yeah. right? So yeah. um, it, what about that um, attracted you? Is Are you like the kind of person who like doesn't do social media or like? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> um, so I am on social media, but it's because I'm an author. It's right, not right. really because I like it's social not what media. you would choose. Okay. Uh, yeah. This is what I want to get at. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so do I think all of this is going to happen anytime soon? No, like I'm not a prepper. So I think the question <laughs> yes, is, are you yeah. a doomsday prepper? <laughs> no, I'm not. However, when bad things happen in the world, I do take notice and I'm like, all right, how would we live? Like, right. <laughs> what kind of food would we eat? Like how, you know, and so it's been fun, actually. Um, it's been a, a thought experiment writing the books because then I can be like, all right, you can eat acorns. Like you can totally grind those and, mm-hmm. you know, dandelion, you can eat dandelion. And, you know, so it's been a fun thought experiment for me just to, you know, like how would we survive kind of thing. But yeah. it's, I would say what attracts me to it. Um, it is kind of a dystopian world and the I'm writing another novel as, as well, you know, and then I've got a couple more in my mind and they are, they're not all in the same world, but mm-hmm. I notice my own themes coming through and, you know, I really like nature. I am such a nature girl. I love being outside. I love just being surrounded by trees. And so I think that's a key part of it for me. And this idea of, I mean, I think my characters often, uh, Bria will often talk about like, so the world that she's in now without phones, without electricity seems maybe more real to her than the world she grew up in with all of those things. Right. And I do feel like we've gotten so sort of separated from reality in a way because we are like, we have this sort of augmented or electric electronic reality that we we spend so much time in. Um, mm-hmm. And I do that too. I mean, it's not like I, you know, I'm on the computer all day long. So, but it's just, it's not real to me. And so I think I wanted to explore that in my writing as well. And I think the plot of like an EMP and, and sort of the world as we know it ending, it is appealing to me, not like in reality, <laughs> I hope it never happens, by the way. But it is appealing to me as an author because it allows me to escape into a world that's just very different from my world and um, and to really like consider a lot of things that maybe we don't consider Mm -hmm. now. 
Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you think yes. about it, it's kind of like the plot line of a lot of these reality TV shows, right? They like plug yeah. people onto an island and see what yeah. happens, right? Like yeah. sort of taking people out of their element, taking away all these comforts and masks mm-hmm. that we have and mm-hmm. finding out who you are mm-hmm. as just yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. And I want to, it was important to me to write it like at that moment. So, Um, It does get a little dystopian kind of further along in the series, but in the beginning, I would say it's sort of immediate post-apocalyptic. And I think that's appealing to me too, because, you know, I, you would read, but I would read books about sort of this dystopian world and it's generations later. So Mm -hmm. generations ago, there was this war and generations ago, there was this plague and generations ago, but I was always more interested in like, well, what if it happened right now? Like, Right. What would happen if I was like trying to go pick up my kids from school and everything changed, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, did you have any other, I know we talked about um, the importance of fiction. Did you have any other points that you wanted to mention um, with regard to the value of fiction to today's reader? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think it's super important that we remember that fiction shapes our world. I think often, um, we might want to just get in our own little bubbles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like bubbles. I mean, bubbles are great, but, <laughs> <laughs> but we also need to remember that fiction is out kind of in the main world. And so it, it shapes the society around us. And if we aren't consumers of it or participants in creating it, um, then it'll, kind of shape our world without us being part of that shaping. And so I think it's important as Catholics that we, that we remain very much an active participant in both the creation of fiction and the consuming of it, because we get to shape then, you know, where those dollars go. And so, you know, if we just have stepped out of it and let maybe everybody else decide, you know, what movies Hollywood makes, well, then we can't complain when Hollywood makes movies that, are not, um, in line with our values. So I think that's a key part of it, but I also think fiction is just amazing. And that's what we often can talk about with friends and it's not, um, it's not in your face. So one of the key things I learned as a psychologist, especially when working with teenagers, like nobody ever wanted to come see me, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) it was so sad. Um, (laughs) you know, their parents would bring them or the courts would order them or, you know, they just, they weren't there because, you know, as teenagers, they don't think like, oh, I really need therapy. Um, Some do. And that's awesome. And those, those were amazing clients. But for the most part, you know, when we started our relationship together, they didn't want to be there. And so I could not just go at it from a very straightforward approach. Like I needed to sort of, um, get their defenses down, if you will, by making them feel comfortable. And, and so I think one of the nice things about when we're reading fiction, we can put ourselves in the place of the characters and we don't have to feel defensive, you know, like Mm -hmm. we can just allow those worlds and, uh, and those thoughts to be like, what would I do in this situation? And, and have those moments of exploration without being really um, like kind of defensive about it. And so I think when people are thinking about um, those who have left the church or because I get this a lot, I get a lot of times where um, people have bought my books and given them to granddaughters or given them to, you know, just younger people. Um, 
Right. So how young, like if there's somebody mm-hmm. listening that's thinking, is this good for my preteen daughter? Like what, what ages do you recommend? I think 15 and up. Okay. Because there is some, you know, I don't really, I never go into gruesome details, if you will, but I don't shy away from kind of really real life complicated stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't, I, I think 15 and up. I've had some families, you know, very devout homeschooling families that say 13 is fine. For my family, I would probably say 15. Okay. And what ages are your kids? So, um, oh, yes. So I have two little boys mm-hmm. and they are nine and eight. Okay. Okay. Yes. So. And my nine year old is constantly wanting to read the books. And I'm like, nope, <laughs> you cannot read the books. Not which ready is yet. why. I'm now writing a children's book. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. So I wanted to be sure to mention that because it was mentioned in your bio, but I want to know more about that. So you're you're currently working on that. Yeah. So we hope to have it out um, before Easter is the goal. So it's a little children's picture book. Um, so my kids are actually a little bit too old for it, but um, my godchildren are not. And so I'm very much excited to share that with them and other little ones in my life. But um so it, it just, it's this beautifully illustrated. I'm so excited with the illustrator. Her name is Katie Sisk nice. and she's just incredible. Um, she's a member of my parish for um, just for two years. Cause she's doing the echo program through Notre Dame. So we will lose her this summer, but mm-hmm. while she's still here, we are collaborating on this project. And so it's called extraordinary and it just really deals. I mean, it's just a fun, happy book and with messy kids with messy hair and just messes everywhere because that's my life. Mm-hmm. And you know, like, that's what, that's what it is to have young children. Um, <laughs> and, and so, um, but it, I wanted it to, to show the beauty of baptism, the beauty of confession, the true presence, you know, of Christ in the Eucharist and, um, And so it's like these kids that can just see what other people can't see. You know, they can see strength where others see maybe weakness. So that might be prayer and they can see hope when others see hopelessness. So that would be like the tomb, um, you know, with Jesus. And then they can see my favorite one is they can see bread or they can see God where other people see bread. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so it just that's a really fun little book. And um, I'm just super excited about it. So great. I can't wait to, that sounds like it's going to be a real awesome resource for, it It sounds like the perfect gift actually. Um, yeah, for, I think, I mean, I'm, that's, I'm excited to give it as gifts. Like part yes. of me is creating this just so I can give it to people. <laughs> as gifts. <laughs> I want to give you this book. I love that. That's actually, we had um, Catherine Jean Lopez on talking about a year with mystics. Um, yes. Th- and she said the same thing about that. She's yes. like, I wrote this book because I wanted to be able to give this book to people. <laughs> Yes. No, I heard that episode. It was great. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, and, you know, and I'm so excited too, because with the light series, it's, you know, I I can't just necessarily, I do sometimes, you know, give it away for certain, you know, certainly, but Mm -hmm. it's not really the type of book you can just walk up. Well, friends can give it to friends, but as the author, you know, I'm not going to be like, this is a great book. You should totally read it. Right. (laughs) Right. That's a different thing. Yeah. A different thing, but a children's book. I'm so I'm very excited to give it away. So great. But speaking of purchasing the books, we, before we have to wrap up here, we got to make sure we tell people how they can get these books. And um, you've got a couple of special offers. I do for your listeners. Absolutely. So um, the easiest way to get the books and the fastest of course is on Amazon. So Amazon prime has the paperbacks and then the eBooks are there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, if you type in the light 
series by Jacqueline Brown. And Jacqueline is the long formal spelling. So it's J A C Q U E L I N E. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first the, three are available on audio. So there's actually, so the first four now, the oh, fourth okay. one is out. And the fifth one should be out probably in February or March on nice. audio. So okay. I will help all of them on audio very soon. So yes, they're on Audible as well. Um, and so your listeners can go, they could also go to my website, which is Jacqueline-Brown.com. And if they type in, if they go to the book page and they type in girlfriends for the promo code, then they will get 20% off nice. um, of all their purchases. And once the children's book, Extraordinary, is up there, that will also you know, they can use the promo for that as well. So great. Thank you. That's awesome. Bonus for girlfriends listeners. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll have the eBooks, um, the eBook I'm going to put for the light. I'm going to put it 99 cents when this comes out, the podcast, um, comes out and then the audio books, I'm also going to discount on Apple books and chirp, which is spelled C H I R P. And those are just additional, places for audiobooks. Wow. Thank you. That is so awesome. So no excuses, guys, <laughs> girls, That's right. no excuses for not checking out this awesome fiction from Jacqueline Brown. Do you have any last things you want to be sure to mention about the value of fiction or about your work life in general, Jacqueline, before we have to wrap up? Well, so I have two things I'd love to mention. Sure. So one is I think everybody, all your listeners should go to catholicreads.com. Mm -hmm. Um, I get nothing for this, but just to go and see, they will send you books, um, or they'll send you links for discounted books every week. Mm -hmm. So Catholic books. So that's one resource. Another resource is the Catholic writers guild.org where you can find a ton of other, you know, wonderful Catholic fiction. Um, and then the thing that I, the best advice I've ever gotten is about writing is just live your life and then write, you know, so don't, If you've got somebody out there, like a listener, that's like, oh, I really want to write books, but I don't have time. You know, God placed this on my heart when I had never been busier. So I had just, we had just adopted my son, our second son. Um, I had two toddlers, which were, you know, they were crazy. (laughs) (laughs) As toddlers are. As they are. Um, I had never been busier at work. You know, everything was really, really busy and overwhelming. And you can be really tempted to say, well, I don't have the time. But the truth is the light got written in the parent pickup line. It got written, you know, if they would ever take a nap, I, you know, they would, it would get written during nap time. It got written at night when they had fallen asleep. So it, it can be done. And I think that that having all those other things going on makes me a better writer. You yeah. know, so don't be tempted to like live in a little hermitage and just write and not be involved in the world. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if you're called to be a wife and a mother, I mean, do those things and write. Mm-hmm. Right. Great, great advice. And I think that echoes um, some that I heard from Stephen King before. I was, I was so encouraged okay. when I heard how he writes in the middle yeah. of, you know, chaos and mess in his home and yeah. when they had kids and whatnot, like, okay, yeah. then every, yeah. everybody can do that. So everybody can do that. <laughs> Very yeah, that's what they're called to do. God will make it happen. So exactly. Exactly. Thank you, Jacqueline, for taking the time Thank to you. share here and to offer your special promotions and discounts exclusively for girlfriends listeners. Yes. So everybody go to Jacqueline-Brown.com to get all of that. All of the links will be in the show notes. Thanks so much, Jacqueline, for taking the time for girlfriends today. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I am on social media a little bit. <laughs> and it's um, Jacqueline Brown author at Instagram and Facebook. So thank awesome. you. We will be checking you out there. Coming Thanks, up, we have some listener feedback, but first we're going to take a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you are listening to the Girlfriends Podcast. And if you're looking for a way to learn more about your Catholic faith, I invite you to check out the Ascension Presents YouTube channel. You're going to find tons of free videos featuring Catholic presenters like Matt Frad, Leah Darrow, Jackie and Bobby Angel, and Emily Wilson. Go to youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. That's youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. And if you like what you see, please share and subscribe. I want to thank Jacqueline for coming on and sharing her perspective as a Catholic fiction writer. As I mentioned, those promotions that she said that she's going to offer and special discounts that she's going to offer to Girlfriends listeners, you can get those in the show notes at ascensionpress.com. Get all the details there. Also, if you want to get on the email subscribe list and get those things sent right to your inbox, text the word girlfriends to 33777. All right, we're at the point in the show where I usually like to share a little bit of feedback. And this week, I have some feedback from listener Liz. Liz wrote in to say, Hi, Danielle. I wanted to thank you for your podcast content and your commitment to providing your listeners with resources and ideas to help us live more faith-filled lives. This morning, I listened to your podcast, Five Spiritual Goals for the New Year. I can't remember hearing if you've previously shared content from Blessed Is She and Every Sacred Sunday, but I thought those would be perfect resources to share with the other girlfriend listeners when thinking about adding more scripture into your daily routine. Every morning, I receive the daily scripture readings along with a reflection to my email from Blessed Is She while I started subscribing to their newsletter. I did not make the daily scripture readings a priority at first, but now I look forward to receiving the readings and can't think of a reason why I wasn't previously reading scripture daily. The second resource I mentioned, Every Sacred Sunday, I think I found through the Catholic Feminist Podcast. At the end of 2019, I ordered their 2020 Mass Journal. Even though I was raised Catholic and attended Catholic school until college, it wasn't until last year, I'm 28, that I was introduced to the concept of meditating on the Sunday scripture readings throughout the week. Now I read the weekly Sunday readings at least once before and after church that week, in addition to hearing the readings at Mass. The Every Sacred Sunday Mass Journal provides the weekly readings as well as reflection space and prompts to think about prayer intentions and identify opportunities to show gratitude. Again, my journaling record isn't perfect, but I thought these were some nice scripture-based resources to share following your episode, Five Spiritual Goals for the New Year. And then Liz goes on to share the links, which will be posted in the show notes at ascensionpress.com or subscribe to get them sent to your email inbox. God bless Liz. Thank you, Liz. I really appreciate that. And I just wanted to mention also one other resource that came to mind as Liz was sharing these. I am familiar with Blessed Is She and Every Sacred Sunday. Excellent resources, and I do heartily recommend them. I also want to recommend Take Up and Read. You can find out more about that at takeupandread.com with Elizabeth Foss, who's been a guest here on Girlfriends. She's also a friend of mine, and we happen to have co-authored a book together. So really recommend Elizabeth's stuff as well. There's so many great things out there, but you want to find one that works for you. The best resource is the one you're actually going to use. And as Liz mentioned, sometimes you can subscribe to something and not fully take advantage of it. So really just, um, it can require just some trial and error and find a resource that you really like that speaks to you, that works for the way that you want to be incorporating scripture more into your daily life. Great ideas, great resources. Thank you so much for writing in, Liz. 
Now, before we have to go, I want to be sure to mention our Facebook group. We have a Facebook group that is only for girlfriends, listeners. It's a private group. So that means if you have friends and family and other people, your kid's first grade teacher and whatnot that you're friends with on Facebook, they can't see what you're posting and sharing about inside of the Girlfriends Podcast Facebook group because that's a private group. They Only other members can see what you post and share there. And I love that because it's a small enough group that people can feel safe and comfortable to ask questions about their faith, to share something they might be struggling with. It's a great resource for you to be able to connect with other people who are listening to the Girlfriends podcast. And you know, if we have girlfriends in common, what more do you need to know? We're already friends, right? So if you want to become a member of the Girlfriends podcast group on Facebook, you can go to facebook.com slash groups slash Girlfriends podcast. If you don't want to or can't remember all of that, go to the show notes at ascensionpress.com or text girlfriends to 33777 to subscribe to the show notes. Or if all else fails, send me a message on Facebook. A number of people have done this and just say, where's that girlfriend's group? I will be glad to send you the link. So you do have to get approved. I just make sure you're a real person before I approve you. So um, we'd be glad to have you join us there. Check it out on Facebook. It's another way that we can connect outside of the podcast. And finally, I just want to be sure to mention some places that I'm going to be in case you can be there too. I love to meet girlfriends, listeners in person. It's so meaningful to me when someone comes up to me, whether it's at a retreat I'm giving or at a conference or other event, when they tell me they are a girlfriend's listener, I am so pleased to be able to make an in-person connection that was started through the podcast. That's really encouraging and just a very meaningful connection for me to make. So if you are going to be at LA Congress this year, okay, this is in Anaheim, February 20th to the 23rd. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be representing CatholicMom.com. We have a booth there. You can come check it out at the booth. Lisa Hendy and I will be there greeting people. We're going to have some Catholic Mom swag that we're going to be giving away. You'll want to come by because we're going to also be recording some uh, episodes of the Catholic Momcast, which is the podcast that we record together for Catholic Mom. And you can check out how we're doing that, see some of our guests there. Also, I'm going to be speaking, if you are actually attending LA Congress this year, I'm going to be giving two different workshops on forgiveness and mercy in the family. So I'd love it if you would come and attend. It would be so great to meet you there. Also, Saturday, March 7th, I'm going to be giving my Your Worth It retreat at Precious Blood Parish in Jasper, Indiana. So I'd love it if you could come out there if you're anywhere in that area. On Saturday, March 14th, I'm going to be speaking at the Women's Conference in Fresno, California. Then Saturday, March 28th, I'm going to be the keynote speaker at the Women's Conference in Norwich, Connecticut. I've got other events that are going on, especially I'm even starting to book some into the fall. The other day, I confirmed an event for March of 2021. So if you're planning ahead, if you have an event in mind and you're interested in having me come speak, or if you're interested in having me come and give a retreat at your parish inside of your community for your women's group, connect with me. We can get the conversation started now. You can go to daniellebean.com slash retreats for information about the retreats or daniellebean.com slash speaking for information about inviting me to come and be a speaker at your event. I would love to be able to meet you in person and connect with the women of your community. And that's all the time we have for now. But I want to thank you for being a part of today's podcast. Thank you for all the ways that you encourage and connect with me and support what we're doing here at Girlfriends. It really means so much. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. 
Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 